This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. It's Monday, June the 27th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And first today, a number of homes have been destroyed following a huge fire in Gravesend. The blaze ripped through several properties in Jubilee Crescent yesterday lunchtime with thick smoke visible for miles. Crews spent nearly eight hours tackling the flames. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Well, our reporter Alex Langridge has been there today for the podcast. The roofs are completely gone, just leaving a flat top. Um, The windows have been broken in a couple of the buildings and there is just a lot of black. There are bricks fallen to the side. There is a lot of scrap metal um, and just a lot of rubble in general filling the back gardens. You can see straight through across the three houses, uh, which back onto a um, football pitch and park. Um, The trees lining there are black and the leaves gone. There is a lot of smoke damage to the building itself, um, lots of soot um, and a lot of wooden structures burnt to a char. This morning, um, witnesses um, saw a small fire sort of break out. They saw some smoke um, and called the fire brigade out again, who quickly extinguished it. You can still smell the smoke in the air where the fire happened yesterday. It is not yet sure what the cause is, um, but I've been told by friends and neighbours that the people in the houses have been moved out, um, living with family and having accommodation set up for them. The fire brigade that came around this morning have now cordoned off the side of the house so people um, are unable to access it to keep it safe um, and are saying they will try to contact the council to put up a, um, a proper cordon um, later on in the afternoon. Lots of eyewitnesses have said how terrifying the fire was. Um, a lot of them were alerted to it by just smelling smoke. Um, everyone in that close was evacuated um, and Lisa Claydon, who lives in one of the houses opposite said she could barely see when she was walking out from her property um, because it was just thick thick smoke you can see pictures and video from the time of the blaze by heading to the story at kent online elsewhere it's feared a business that burnt down on whitstable harbour could take up to two years to reopen you might remember the fire at the fish market and crab and winkle restaurant about a month ago well it caused significant damage and sixty thousand pounds worth of stock had to be thrown away Owner Peter Bennett has been speaking to reporter Brad Harper. First of all, we felt the smoke coming into our building. We vacated the building and set the fire alarm off as soon as we could. We then saw the flames coming out of the roof and the staff were all moved down to the Goral Tank car park because of the smoke inhalation. After half an hour, they were allowed back round a different way to, to view it from the front, seeing <clears throat> flames going through the roof. We didn't realise it had got to our restaurant at that time, but we just sat there for five hours, devastated, wife in tears, uh, and uh, watching 22 years slowly disappearing. And you've spoken about it a bit then. 
I mean, what was it like just watching those flames engulf? It, 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 it was devastating, totally and utterly devastating. You know, I did 22 years in the military and I came out and I was happy. I did 20, more than 22 years here to build a business and I'm not happy because it's taken away from me. And what, do you, what does this business mean to you and what do you think this business means to the people of Whitstable? For a start I haven't got a wage now because there's no income. Staff have had to be laid off and um, made redundant. The people of Whitstable have been coming here daily saying how sad it is to see the business in Denise like it is. They, where can I go now to get my fresh fish? And I have to tell them I don't know where. I have no idea. We spoke earlier about, um, as well, this being the jewel of Whitstable. Talk me through that. Well, from the time that I opened this business in 94, um, it became the hub for fish. <clears throat> and as, as we, the business progressed, we built the restaurant above, which became a jewel in the crown for Whitstable. It was attracting people, to Whitstable Harbour, we used to have then a wonderful oyster festival. The place was absolutely packed. Um, and now you can see the harbour is a lot quieter than those days. Uh, and local people have lost the jewel of Whitstable, as far as I'm concerned. If you missed this one over the weekend, a large fire ripped through a building at Chatham Docks. Crews were called in the early hours of Saturday, and at its height, around 50 firefighters were tackling the flames. They spent 16 hours at the site, and it's understood the company affected deals with recycling. There are calls for the docks to be closed and used for housing, but one councillor who's campaigning to keep them open says the fire doesn't change the future of the site. Stuart Tranter has told Kent Online the fact that an incident occurred, tragic though it is, and we need to learn from it, there is no connection between it and the long-term strategic importance of the docks. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today in the High Court has ruled the government's plan to house asylum seekers in Folkestone's Napier Barracks for another five years is unlawful. Concerns have been raised about conditions at the military site, which has been used as accommodation for hundreds of men who've crossed the channel in small boats. Well, a judge says it could cause tensions in the local community. The Home Secretary will now need to make a new submission in line with the Equality Act. A mum's urging young people to stop carrying knives after her son was injured in a stabbing near Sittingbourne. 21-year-old Charlie Hidder was flown to hospital following the attack on Oak Road in the Merston part of town earlier this month. He's now recovering at home, but his mum says he's lucky to have survived and that knife crime ruins lives. Well, linked to that, there are concerns Merston is becoming increasingly lawless with calls for more police patrols in the area. James Hall is a councillor in Swale and says crime in the area has soared and people living there are fed up. Well, according to figures on the police crime map for that particular part of Sittingbourne, there were 29 violent and sexual offences in Merston in March 2020. This year, that figure had nearly doubled to 52. Last August, you might recall police introduced a dispersal order in the area and co-op staff were given body cameras. 
However, the police say they don't believe the area is a crime hotspot and that levels recorded there are not unusually high. They've sent us this statement. It says, As with all towns, officers provide a visible police presence and work alongside partner agencies to ensure that any issues such as antisocial behaviour are tackled and responded to appropriately. A Kent GP has welcomed plans to try and reduce the backlog of people waiting for hospital treatment by sending them for operations further from home. Anyone who's been waiting over two years for a procedure will be matched up with hospitals out of their area. Latest figures show six and a half million people are currently waiting for treatment. Well, I've been speaking to Dr Jack Jacobs, who's from Ham Street Surgery near Ashford. We know that there are certain bits, even within um, our local area of Kent and Medway, where some hospitals are under more pressure than others. So I would welcome this, actually. I think it's a good idea to try and uh, move people around to where they can get care the soonest. And often it is those patients that most need the care that live in areas of high health inequality that this is being offered to. And it's already happened. I mean, I've had some of my patients have certain procedures outside of their usual hospital area of East Kent. It was elsewhere in Kent and Medway. But generally speaking, I think as long as it is the right operation and the organisation or procedure or whatever it is, it's, it's going to conduct the right sort of follow-up, you know, I I think it's really quite a good thing. A lot of people have been waiting a long time as GPs, we know, because we're still looking after them. So we're very keen for people to have these procedures, tests and operations that they need and have been waiting for. Do we know exactly how far patients could be sent or is that still a bit of an unknown? I think that is a bit of an unknown. I certainly know from my own experience, from my own patients, that people are being transferred to other areas of Kent and Medway, you know, bearing in mind we are a huge area. Um, so it, they're not travelling much further afield than that. I have some patients that have chosen to go up to London for their care because it would appear that some of the bigger teaching hospitals in London appear to have shorter waiting lists and more capacity. So sometimes just through patient choice already that started to happen. But I haven't got any exact data on exactly what patients are being offered whereabouts uh, in the county or the country at the moment. I have heard a bit of feedback from some patients today and they're just saying for them it just purely isn't practical to be able to travel somewhere else because they rely on the support of perhaps a partner or their their other family. Are they going to get a bit left behind then? Are they just going to have to wait do you think? That's a worry isn't it and I guess the worry is that those most in need perhaps with the least ability to travel and get to these more uh, distant locations are going to get left behind. So if that is the case, I would worry about that. My understanding is that if you are offered um, to have procedures in areas further away, that there is transport provided. Now, I don't quite know if that includes uh, family members uh, as well for support, um, but certainly I know that patient transport is offered. And I guess it's just a, it's a bit of a compromise, a bit of a difficult compromise for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure family would like to visit and perhaps that just wouldn't be practical with under this sort of circumstance. But how important or how vital is it for the health service at the moment to clear that backlog? Because presumably right now it's just growing and growing. It's, it's a it, it is a huge priority. I would say it's a huge problem. As a GP, almost every day I'm dealing with people that are waiting for things to happen. Uh, and that's obviously worrying for them. It's creating a lot of work for GPs as well, because we're going to have to keep an eye on people. And sometimes we have to try and escalate things 
And that's one of the reasons that it's getting increasingly difficult to see us. So tackling this backdrop of care is something we all need to do to help the whole system. Well, we'd like to know what you think. Would you be prepared to travel further for treatment? You can post a comment today on our socials. Just search for Kent Online on Facebook. Our sister radio station, KMFM, are also running a Twitter poll on this today. At the time of recording today's podcast, 68% of those who'd voted said they would be prepared to travel further. Well, you can follow KMFM News on Twitter to have your say. Meantime, a Gillingham man says he was worried he was going to die after waiting 10 hours for an ambulance. 27-year-old Jake Lancaster called 999 after feeling ill for three days, with symptoms including heart palpitations, numbness in his limbs and sweating. He was told there were no ambulances in the area to take him less than a mile to Medway Maritime Hospital. When paramedics eventually arrived, he turned them away, contacted his, his GP and is now awaiting test results. Well, CCAM say they're doing all they can to prioritise cases and get people help as quickly as possible. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A man's been detained after throwing stones at police during a standoff in the sea at Broadstairs. At Kent Online today, you can see video of it happening at Viking Bay yesterday afternoon. Emergency crews spent around an hour negotiating with him. It's claimed more money is needed for youth services in Sittingbourne to tackle reports of antisocial behaviour. A dispersal order was in force in Sonora Fields over the weekend after a party thrown by teenagers got out of hand. Well, Swale Council leader Mike Baldock is also calling for more police to patrol the area. A millionaire businessman has admitted growing magic mushrooms at Lullingston Castle near Dartford. Simon Giles was living in the Grade 2 listed building at Ainsford when police visited on an unrelated matter last year and found the drugs. The 44-year-old, who now lives in Chislehurst, is due back in court next month. A family from Dover are hoping to raise £6,000 for a new bespoke wheelchair for their son. Eight-year-old Henry has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's a progressive condition which causes muscle weakness and degeneration. Well, Natalie Lanaway is Henry's mum and says the wheelchair he uses at the moment isn't quite good enough. Currently he has a manual wheelchair. Um, so we get that from wheelchair services so that is provided on the NHS. He doesn't fit the criteria at the moment to get a power chair. He is slowing down quite a lot. He is having a lot of falls. Um, So in the manual wheelchair, he can self-propel, but that is only on certain surfaces. So if he was on the playground with his friends, he can't really do that because it's a little bit tricky and makes it harder. They're also hoping to expand their home so Henry can get around. So we found this bungalow, we've got a lot of space um, at the back garden so we know we're going to be able to extend, we're going back about seven metres um, so we can have the best possible layout for him. Um, out the front of the property we're also extending out the front and to the side of the property so Henry will have access straight from when he comes out of the car to come straight into the doors. In total the chair would actually cost £12,000 but the Red Eagle Foundation in Folkestone have said they'll match any donations so Henry's family now only need to raise 6000 Wayne Hodgson is from the group. As Henry's um, disability uh, progresses in, in his years it's more important that he's going to need to come away from a manual wheelchair and into something more uh, electric and bespoke that's actually fitted towards him for us it's about we, we're able we're in a position thankfully to be able to support the family in the, you know, what we're going to do for, for them on this occasion is match fund up to six thousand pounds from our uh, charity fund 
uh, for, that we use specifically for grants for families in Kent and that will give them the £12,000 they need to purchase this wheelchair and we're hoping to do that in the next two to three months. And a Just Giving page has also been set up for Henry. Just search for Henry's Hurdles if you want to donate. Kent Online reports. An £18 million revamp of a Medway Leisure Centre is expected to be given the go-ahead. Bosses want to create a new fitness gym, swimming area and fun pool at Splashes in Raynham. A final decision on the plans will be made next week and is due to open in the summer of 2024. A huge puppet of a refugee girl will be back in Kent today after spending the weekend at Glass. You might remember little Amal, who made her way through the county last October to highlight the journey made by thousands of refugees. Well, she's going to be in Canterbury this afternoon for a special youth summit before heading to Folkestone tonight. A charity that runs a community centre in Tenterden say they won't sell the site to make way for a new cinema. Trustees of Highbury Hall have described the attempts to buy their land as aggressive. Tenterden Cinema Focus Group insist they can share the space but have been unable to engage the charity in talks for over a year. And finally today, a Dover man's broken the Guinness World Record for a one-finger deadlift. 48-year-old Steve Keeler managed to lift 129.5 kilograms with just his middle finger. That's roughly the weight of a three-seater sofa. We can see video of him completing the challenge at Kent Online. Kent Online Sport. Tennis and all eyes are on Kent's Emma Raducanu today, who has said she's ready to go ahead of her opening match at Wimbledon. The 19-year-old British number one from Bromley is taking on Belgium player Alison van Oytvank on centre court. Now the match was scheduled to start after defending champion Novak Djokovic was in action. This is what Emma had to say earlier. Pretty cool lineup just to be included amongst those names is, is special in itself. I never would have thought that, but... Yeah, I'm obviously looking forward to getting out there. Do head to the sports pages on Kent Online for the very latest on how Emma get on. Whilst you're also on that section of the site today, you can read about how Kent are faring in their latest county championship match in the cricket. They're currently playing Surrey at the Oval. And if you missed it over the weekend, Captain Sam Billings was called up by England. He's been keeping wicket in the final test against New Zealand after Ben Folkes tested positive for COVID. At the time of recording today's podcast, rain had delayed the start of the final day's play at Headingley, but do check the website site for details on the final result well that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram plus you can get access to the ad free kent online premium site to do it just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.